You're listening to Everyday Saints, a podcast from the Melbourne Anglican. I'm your host, Kiralee Nicole. My aim is to feature the stories from those of all different backgrounds in Melbourne and beyond. These stories, they might make us laugh, they might make us cry. My hope is that hearing a diverse range of stories will bring us closer together and better equip us to care for one another. So, without further ado, we hope you enjoy. Now, today's guest, I heard about from a couple of people who told me, you absolutely need to talk to Lee Wan. I knew only the basics about him going into the conversation, which was kind of exciting. He's full of enthusiasm, and for me, discovering a bit about his character, his journey of faith, and how it informs his work was actually really heartwarming. I hope you also find it to be helpful. Whether it encourages you or challenges you, it's just a really positive chat, so enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Lee. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's with a surprise, but Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Tell me about you. Um, what do you do? Mm. What do you enjoy doing in your spare time? Mm. Okay. Uh, so who am I? I think that would be the first uh, first question. Who are you? Yeah. Who are oh, who you? Am yes. I? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, my name is Lee Wan. Um, Lee is my first name and Wan is my surname. I uh, was born in China and um, uh, uh, I was a, a an intensive care doctor back in China in Beijing for about eight years in the tertiary hospital. Uh, and I came to Australia uh, year 2003 uh, working at the Austin Hospital as an intensive care registrar uh, since then, so 2003. Um, had about probably uh, added all together uh, working in public and private for about 11 years uh, in intensive care uh, as intensive care fellow uh, that during that time I was able to complete a PhD with Melbourne Uni um, so it was all about the uh, intensive care area so acute renal failure and sepsis it's how to understand what's going on in there so got you know 40 odd uh, publications out of it and um, and then God was calling <laughs> and um, I, I felt uh, as an intensivist who won't be able to join you know Sunday service on a regular basis because you're doing that uh, three weeks roster so two weeks in public and one week private you always need to be on call uh, on Sunday so it doesn't really fit my a role and my passion for Christ. I really need to be in the church. So so I prayed. I prayed and um, God let me to to try emergency because I thought uh, jumping from intensive care to which career should I should I do uh, in the hospital. So I think emergency would be the closest one. So I did try for about two years. Um, it's good. <laughs> it's good, but it doesn't still doesn't really fit my time schedule, particularly when I had my second baby. Uh, when Grace was born, um, my my schedule and shift in intensive care is really bad. You finish work at one o'clock in the morning, got home at three o'clock in the morning, you wake her up, <laughs> and her sleeping pattern was all over the place. So um, one day uh, I was doing a testimony with a Chinese group of, uh, of Christian doctor and um, in, in Melbourne. 
and one of the docs that came up to me and said, oh, you can be a, a GP. So what? <laughs> a, a what? A GP? Oh. Uh, now, there is a bit of a background here. If you uh, anyone listen to this, not medical. In medical field, um, uh, particularly in the hospital, intensive care doctor has always recommended or regarded as the highest level of knowledge. So whenever you're an intensivist, you, that means you pretty much know everything. <laughs> and every doctor, surgeon, neurosurgeon, uh, cardiac surgeon, they all come to you and listen to, look up to you and say, did I do anything wrong? <laughs> um, can, yeah, can, can, you, can you help me with this patient? And there are met call coming through. So um, the lowest level of, um, of medicine are usually regarded as GP because um, in the old days, you don't need special training to become a GP. Once you graduate from medical school, there you go. You, you can choose to become a general practitioner. That day is gone. <laughs> and um, now you need training, um, do a lot of work and um, two, two years or even more, and finally pass the exam, then you become a general practitioner. So it's much more strict. And uh, the knowledge is, I have to say, it's much, much better than before. So people will ask me, <laughs> what makes you jump from the top of the hill and down to the bottom? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and I think, well, it is because of God. It's because of him, and um, I need to make the, the change. Um, the moment I step into general practice, when I start training, the first of all, they didn't really recognize my all experience in intensive care. <laughs> I have to restart some of the training. Wow. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. But I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how to put that way. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed it. What's and, the thing um, that you've really enjoyed about being a GP? General practice. I have connections to people now mm. that really touches me um, in the past I'm just a cold blood doctor <laughs> I'm just um, looking at the numbers only talk to nurses only talk to specialists um, arrogant bastard if you could sort of say that uh, <laughs> I was like oh yeah who are you uh, oh what do you know how many publications yeah. you got? Uh, and you know that kind of a attitude in my blood and mm. God just humbled me and mm. make so much change in my life. And, and, but by the time I become a general practitioner, I see patient every day and I, I know their story. They, they talk to me, they cry in front of me, they laugh in front of me. I share their joys of, of life journey. And that really touches my heart. And I think I really need my soul to be filled with all of these joy that coming from God. Every single one of them, I, I see um, God's work in them, in their, in their life, really, throughout their life journey. No matter it's bad or good, uh, not many people as a Christian, um, but I still can see God's hands in their, in their life. And um, that really just changes me, I have to say. Um, so that's me. <laughs> No, that's a um, that's a cracking start. I have to say, um, <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, um, 2011, uh, I started my uh, general practice uh, journey. So now it's been 12 years uh, mm. since I've become general practitioner. Uh, I'm the uh, I'm the examiner for the RCGP uh, College 
both the entrance exam and also the final exam and also the educator. So I've been teaching registrars and I also teach medical students um, whenever the, the patient uh, the patient's available and there's a schedule is available. Um, so I'm also preaching as well in the church. So uh, back in 2011, uh, I met Reverend Jessica and um, she said, well, um, you know the weakness in our church? And I said, yep, well, the, the, the preaching is, is terrible. <laughs> the singing is, is terrible. Uh, <laughs> um, and um, the, the prayer is, oh, God, I'm sorry. But um, um, she said, well, just you, you few, know the weakness. She said, well, why don't you stop preaching? I said, I have no theology training whatsoever. I only got baptized in Australia. I was I came here two thousand three and I got baptized with my wife and she well, not forced me but dragged me to the church in two thousand four. Uh, I got baptized. I got I got touched by all the all these church people. Um, and um, so who am I? Oh, what shall I do? What give me that right to do it? And my wife said, "Look, um, honey, uh, nothing happened uh, accidentally." If someone asks you to do so, uh, if you can do it, it's from God. And mm. I say, well, yeah, okay, well, I'll, I will try. So I listened to all the broadcast at that time. I was listening to all the preachers and, re and um, uh, logging with the online theology. Um, I was learn a lot and they start preaching uh, back in 2011. Mm. It's been 12 years. And once a week, once a week, uh, once a month, once a month, uh, the first week of the month, I'll be preaching in our church. And uh, this year, praise the Lord, I don't know, I was always been invited to other church, but now this year, another five church invited me to to preach in their, in their congregation. Praise the Lord for that. I will, I will try my best. <laughs> um, I fit in my busy schedule. And um, yeah, so uh, that's me in, in, in church life in, in a nutshell. <laughs> it's a quick yeah. version of it. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Okay, well, that's uh, I'm getting the impression of somebody who is constantly on the go um, between <laughs> between all of your work commitments and your yep. church commitments um, yep. and just your commitment to studying and um, whether that's in your profession or in uh, theology. There's, there's a lot there. So yeah. I'm curious, where where did your faith begin? Tell me a little bit about your upbringing, your background, mm. and how you actually came to faith. That's a faith journey. Yeah, I've shared my testimony in many, many uh, occasions, and I think uh, God has done wonder in my life. I, I used to be a very arrogant person, as, as you, I would have mentioned that before. Um, yes, uh, my wife said, yes, you, 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 you got things to, to be arrogant about. But there was still, I think I was, I was really bad at that time. Now, um, I, I, was, I was very firm believe in signs um, uh, before I came to Christ. And um, I was just, you know, 2003 at that time, my wife, was dragged by uh, liver transplant surgeon's wife um, to their church. And uh, so why, why are you join? Is that a cult or, <laughs> or some other group? So I was like, um, <laughs> okay, all right. So if you invite me and um, I would like to, you know, join your cell group and listen to whatever you've been talking about. Okay. Um, so I was there at the cell group. 
and I ask a lot of questions. I'm, my brain is constant running. So what, what is this? Why, how about the alien? How about this? What, how about the scene in, in the world? And all of that. I got oh, tons of questions. No one can answer that. And, um, and not because the pastor was able to answer my question. No. It's because of the love in the church. Um, at that time, I was in the middle of uh, applying for this PhD and Melbourne Uni. And I think, well, it's quite expensive. <laughs> I was like, wow, $32,000 a year. You're going to have five years set up for it. And it's a, it's a fair bit of money to do a PhD. Um, I was thinking, well, although my income is okay, it's, it's, it's good to be a registrar at that time, but still, I need to feed my family when they come in. My daughter at that time, uh, my elder daughter, Sarah, was only four years old. And um, I do need to look after the family. So, yeah, I need that money. <laughs> so I start applying for a, a, a scholarship. And um, and then one day my wife was telling me that all the, the whole church was praying for me, uh, for me to get the scholarship. And they were constantly pray, praying for me every week uh, in the prayer meeting for about three months. And I was so touched with it. And I said, I know, I know none of them. I didn't go to their church. How could they, this a complete stranger, pray for me for something for my own interest? It's nothing to do about it. It's just the money. It's nothing. It's like um, your fame or, or <laughs> your, your, your good things or holy things. It's about mm. how to save money for me. It's like, oh, these people are good. <laughs> uh, mm. All right. Okay. Um. If you're good people, okay, you're not bad people, you're not selling me anything good. Okay, so I wouldn't join anything bad, at least. Okay, so they asked me, would you like to be sorry, baptized? Can I just clarify what, yep. what kind of church was this? Uh, it um, was an independent church in okay. Baldwin. Yep. Yep. Um, it is a, uh, what did you call it? The Chinese Christian church. And, um, and I was baptized there. Uh, in there, uh, December the 12th, I still remember, I was baptized mm. with my wife the same day. Second day was Monday. I received a letter from Melbourne Uni. They granted my scholarship. It's all free. And Tuesday, I got another letter from Melbourne Uni and said, not just that, we'll give you a second scholarship to support your study, $18,000 a year, free of tax. I was so touched and I cried and said, look, God, you look after me mm. Mm. in a difficult time. And <laughs> at that time, really saved me. And mm. so God knows every single one of us and know our weakness. And what do we need even before we ask? So, mm. <laughs> so I said, yeah, I was right. I was right to believe in Jesus. I was right to believe in God. Mm. And of course, after that, um, I was getting in a cycle of busy life again. I have a tendency to be addicted to to busy life, I guess. <laughs> so I was working eight to nine days uh, a week. People couldn't believe that. What? How can you work eight or nine days a week? So I was doing this uh, experiment in Melbourne Uni during the day. Five o'clock in the afternoon, the hospital called. Oh, would you like to come and do a night shift? And I said, oh, I just finished a whole day's work. Yeah, oh, this is no one. The researcher is sick. Can you can you come? Yeah, all right, all right, I will come. I finished a whole 12 hours shift. I was busy, busy, busy. 
and in the morning I have to go back to university and finish my study or finish my experiment. So what was your that... blood pressure like at that point in time? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't measure. I only remember <laughs> I was having I was leave on fourteen coffee a day. Oh, oh, um, okay. So at night time they call me again. They say, "Oh, sorry, the, he got a gastro. He couldn't come in." God know whether he's got a gastro or not. But anyway, <laughs> I was called back and work again that night shift. And the second day, you got to do the experiment again and you go back. So you're constant 24, 24, 24, no sleep. Mm. And uh, one day our pastor called me. He was a strict man. He was <laughs> called me and he said, you need to rest and hunt up. So what? 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 <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean by that? And uh, I call him back and say, look, <laughs> What, what, what do you mean? He said, well, God was telling me you need to rest and hunt up again. Oh, what? Okay, so I called up my consultant at that time. Well, can you reschedule my busy time? I was just tired. And I said, no, no, just hardly finding a doctor. You've got to hand out to it. So I carry on for about a month and a half. I crashed. Uh, really sick at that time. And um, they were considering whether I got meningitis was a rash with high fever, high temperature. They did CT scan my brain, did lumbar puncture, high dose of antibiotics. I was in hospital for about six days in the Austin. <laughs> and um, they couldn't find a thing for me. And um, praise the Lord, because otherwise I wouldn't be able to continue as my career. Um, and um, there was a fundamental prayer that my wife did in the kitchen floor uh, while I was so sick. She prayed that, uh, God, please, Healy one, if you heal him, I will sacrifice him to you. I'll give him to you as a living sacrifice. Oh, well, it's really good. I said, wow, you, you did pray well. After that, I got better. But you offered me, instead of you, <laughs> you offered me to God, not you. <laughs> And she said, yeah, that's all I can think about. All right, now I understand why. <laughs> so indeed, uh, it became a living sacrifice and uh, to God. Mm. And after that, more miracles happened to me. I, I just couldn't couldn't believe those things could happen to me. Can um, you tell of me course, about some of those miracles? What, what some of those yes, oh, so many of them are, are countless, countless. Um, mm. So after I recovered from, uh, from that illness, I went back to study and I felt bored. And I felt, wow, my brain is constantly racing. Um, um, and I'm doing all those, I call it stupid experiment again, again, re repetitive. Everyone know the result. Why, why am I doing this? So I prayed. I prayed to the God and said, look, Dad, <laughs> you create the universe. You know everything. You have all the wisdom we can, we could never imagine. Now, just give me a little, please. <laughs> give me just tiny little wisdom, tiny, tiny little knowledge, and allow me to pass my PhD. That's all. That's all I'm asking. A week later, we had a huge discovery. Mm. We were doing something completely different. We didn't know we'll find this. We just set up some other experiments with the ultrasound, uh, Doppler ultrasound from a hospital correlated with the uh, you know university uh, animal study type of flow probe. So to see whether it's correlated or not. 
and accidentally, now is no, there's no accident <laughs> by his grace, um, we actually had a huge discovery. When I call Renato, was at that time was my boss, and uh, now he's still my boss. <laughs> his mm. IQ is like 200. So he's the top 100 science in the whole world. Mm. He's, his publication is here. I, I have like 44 publications in my life, and it's probably more than 90% of whole doctors in, in Australia. But he published 44 papers every six months. So that kind of a level of knowledge, he was so huge, big. He never mm. stopped talking uh, because mm. his IQ is too high. He's also a Christian. He's um he's Catholic, and mm. um, when I talked to him about this test result, this this result, he paused, paused for ten seconds, and he said, "Look, B1, um, when we were in wheelchair, we get Nobel Prize." Because no one, no one will and no one had ever thought about this in their life. It's impossible. How could that be? And <laughs> we quickly patent the medication. Mm. And uh, so half a million dollars, just one third of it. And uh, so to fill up all the, all the experiment, all the, all the labs. And... Um, that was a huge discovery, uh, mm. but but I was getting into myself into spiral of bitterness because I was a PhD student. So the study result and the discovery would not belong to me. Mm. I would not share any of the pattern, any of the money. You think about even you sell one, you know, you share one cent of that drug. <laughs> any medication mm. you discover, you'll be billionaire <laughs> with no time, right? No, no, um, I'm not allowed to. So mm. first time in my life, I got myself into anxiety and a bit of a depression. Um, I can share that to anyone. How did that, how did that play out for you? Like, how did you realize that you were experiencing that? No, I was, I couldn't sleep. Mm. I was constant to think about a way how could they work out out of the box? How can I get the money? You know, mm -hmm. how how am I gonna gonna get these publications so my name will be remembered? You know, it's mm -hmm. all about the fame, the money, the richness. Mm -hmm. Um, isn't that what the worldly people were asking for? I completely forgot I'm a Christian. I still go to the church every Sunday. I'm still serving the church at that time in the local church, but I couldn't get myself out of it. Mm. Until God has not punished me, but gave me a lesson, I could not publish the paper. I could publish many, many papers, but not this one. Mm. So, although I've done many, many studies, but without publishing this paper, I graduated, uh, PhD, done, finished. They gave me um, the, the thing, but I, because I, I did publish many, many other papers. And um, finally, it was published after I got the um, the degree, got the ceremony done, <laughs> right after all of that, and was published in a very, very minute, small publication, very small journal. I've never heard about it. <laughs> Finally, we got it. <laughs> okay, all right. So I, start, I was starting to realize this is a lesson that I need to learn. Mm. I need to learn to be humble. I need to learn this is not mine. In my mm. prayer, I was asking for me to 
you know, graduate from PhD, which I did, which he helped me to go through it. So what else do you want, right? You don't need anything. Mm. So <laughs> I was asked to be the reviewer of critical medicine a few years. The first thing that I reviewed was against my, my discovery, was mm. I was saying something about that. And this is, again, from, from God attesting me. I hold the key to publish that paper or not. And that's completely against my discovery. <sighs> what should I do? <laughs> I have to pray. And I went through the paper again and again and again. There is a thoroughly done, properly done, honest discovery. I say, yes, publish it. So they got published. I got no regret. I step out. And I think, look, I need to look at something else. So that's mm -hmm. another part of the reason that change into emergency and change into general practice. Mm -hmm. And I say, well, I need to move on. And I was touched by how GP was working, how connected to their patient. And I didn't regret and went on to become a general practitioner. I was busy with my life in the church and everything. I forgot about this completely. Mm. Until 2017, not longer, five years ago. That was uh, nine or eight years after our discovery. And the, a paper was published in America, New England Journal of Medicine. That was the highest level of around all medical world. New England Journal of Medicine is the highest top level journal. Publish a finding that our discovery, the medication, could work. And it works significantly different than save so many lives. So last year, uh, is my university boss retired, <laughs> Clive May. He retired. Uh, he invited me to, to join his conference, a final, uh, final conference. So everyone stood up and talked about their study related to, to, to him. Very nice, you know. I remember him. He's such a nice guy. And um, so I remember him. During the, uh, during the, uh, during the, the, the conference in the morning, I was, hmm, they were using the word that I've been using. Oh, they're using the theories that I've been using. <laughs> oh, my God. I hope someone remembered that. <laughs> they brought back all my memory. You know, I, I, I was healed. I was good. I was good. I was busy doing everything else. I forgot about that, all of that. It's not mine. It's not mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's good. And at lunchtime, uh, Renato came. So my the big brain boss, IQ 200, <laughs> not that high. Um, he came and he said, hey. Wang Lee, nice to meet you. They call me Wang Lee rather than Lee Wang, but anyway. So, hey, nice to meet you. And the new boss, because the uh, the university boss uh, retired there as a new new boss, he came in, he was talking to him and he said, are you Lee Wang? I said, yeah. He quickly held my hand and said, look, it's been such an honor. What? <laughs> it's been such an honor to finally see you face to face. Whoa, hold on. What, 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 what's going on here? <laughs> I've been missing. Whoa, whoa, what's going on? He said, in the last 13 years, ever since you left university, all the studies based on your study, your publication has become the most cited one. Mm. What? What? I didn't know that. I really didn't know that. And Renato grabbed me among 
50 other professors and doctors, <laughs> anesthetists, surgeons, they're all other ones. Don't, don't worry about them. Come, come, come. I need to talk to you. I said, what, what? Talk to me about what? He said, look, I just wanted you to know your discovery has given thousands of people's hope and life. Oh, how so? In America, they established a new company based on your discovery and they're producing the medication. Okay, so they give thousand people's life. And I want you to know, your discovery has saved thousands of thousands of people's life. Mm. Wow. Well, I thank you, but do you mind me telling you a secret? <laughs> he said, well, tell me straight away. And I talked to him about my prayer. Mm. I prayed this before. I prayed a week before. And God gave me this wisdom. He said, oh, no wonder. Now I understand. This is going to be lifelong, not lifelong. He said, well, I'm, I'm a few years, I'll be retired. But next generation, no. The next, next generation of medicine will be completely changed. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Based on your study. I said, well, this is God discovering. So, mm. um. Out of all of these, I think God has led me through a lot of sadness. That's because of myself, because of my sin, of my arrogance, my proud of myself. So God has pushed me down and said, look, honey, don't be, <laughs> don't be too proud of yourself. It's not your study. It's not how clever you are. It's how clever he is. Mm. Um, <laughs> And I, I couldn't accept that until, until later. I move on to general practice, to touch people's heart, to, 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 to save them, to listen to their story uh, spiritually rather than life. And, mm. and then these come, and his discovery will be, will be glorified by himself. Mm. And he would change the textbook, not the next generation, but the generation after. Um, and I just feel so touched. One of the patients next day came in to see me. And he, she was very nice. She asked me, how do you feel? <laughs> I don't know. I was like, I'm perplexed. <laughs> I don't know what, what, how, how to feel, feel about this. I mean, I, I, so, so I, I talked to her about what, what happened the day before and um, what Renato told me. Mm. And um, she was crying. She was crying in front of me. She said, you know, Dr. Lee, I, I really want you to know you are, you're not going to change people's life. You are changing people's life. You have changed our life. My mom passed away. The only she, she remember, only thing she remember was you. You changed her. Mm. And I was touched again. <laughs> and I think... My life is not wasted. Mm. I've been doing many things. I thought it was for myself, <laughs> but it's not. It's for God. Mm. I'm, I'm curious, um, Lee, what would you have to say um, to those people who've sort of been in a similar situation to you in terms of... Um, uh, young Christian doctors 
mm. um, young Christian specialist surgeons who are yeah. just just anyone who's really striving to make a change, to make their name, get their name out there, um, and use their intelligence and their capability for good. Mm. What have you what What have you learned? What would you pass on to them if you could sit in front of them right now and, and <laughs> tell them that. from um, your experience? I I, I can't. I don't have the right or authority or any uh, privilege to to say, you know, anything uh, above them. No, no. I, I can only share my testimony. I think what has happened to me may not happen to them, but mm-hmm. maybe have maybe maybe there will be a different version of it. Um, I think fame, money, is is everybody else on earth will be after but not for us not for christian uh, not for christian doctors can we ask for it well you can you can try to ask for god's <laughs> god's grace and he, he might answer but mm. not for our glory it's for his mm. glory i understand through my journey not until i actually put it down did i was healed by him i was healed by him and I realized, no, no, it's, it's not about me. Mm. It's not about my knowledge. It's not about my capability. It's not my, not my skill. Nothing. It's him. Mm. So when I realized this, he allowed all of this discovery to, to save as many people as he wanted to. Um, so there's many, many things that happen along my journey. This is, this is just the, the medical stuff. Um, when I preach, I always say, look, from my understanding, science is part of theology. I always say that science is part of the theology. Now, science is to discover what has been created and try to find out, mm-hmm. is there anything behind it so we can help, we can recreate the thing, or we can help other people. Theology is to understand God through his world and how other people see God and um, to, or see his word. Um, mm. So in, in, in the big uh, universe, I think science is just part of theology to discover God, how great he is. Mm. So mm. if we could have that in mind, doing science is not, it is not completely, it's not against theology. Mm. It's part of it. We're just mm. there to help to discover how great God is. So um, we can certainly pray for your scientific, scientific discovery. You can certainly pray for healing. You can certainly pray for your own wisdom and your financial difficulty. Um, we, we certainly ask because he's our father. He's father in heaven. We pray that every day. He is our father. Our father would never look down to us. He always look up to us and he always look after us. So if there's hundreds of doctors and, <laughs> um, and scientists sitting in front of me, I will say the same. I will say the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think um, the journey is not easy, but with God, everything is possible. Thank you so much for your time, and it's been a fascinating story. And I, I think many, many people will be able to relate to um, just mm. your journey of faith and 
how God has shaped you and molded you and, and changed you over time. So yes, indeed. really appreciate your time. I understand you're yes. actually at your office at the moment. Yes, um, yes. I'm yep. <laughs> sure. Well, I'll let you get back to your patients. Um, sure, but sure. thank you so much, Lee. Um, it's been a blessing. Okay, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to Everyday Saints. Everyday Saints is hosted and edited by me, Kiralina Cole, with help from Elspeth Kernibone, Michelle Harris, Janan Taylor, and Maya Pilbrow. Graphics by Julian Karajic. If you have a suggestion for our podcast, please email me directly at knicole at melbourneanglican.org.au.